What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. Thomas, that was a long time ago. That was when we were doing furniture pickup, bro. Anyway, um, so as these pictures are running, today is a day that is uh, joy, joy, and, and also sorrow, right? I was thinking of just the, the, the passage, sorrow may last for a night, but what? Joy comes in the morning, and so today we're doing a little different service because Tom and, Thomas and Aaron, go ahead and stand up, please. Let's give them a... They are leaving, they are moving to, 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 to Jacksonville, and you guys may be seated, but you're going to get up again, so anyway, it's like Catholic Church, stand, kneel, stand, sit, right? We're going we're gonna to do it today, baby. I am just so extremely proud of the both of you, Thomas and Aaron, for the people that you have become. Uh, I saw you both at different times going through 516, and Aaron, to see your sincerity, uh, your humility, as you just desire to, to know Jesus and walk with him. Uh, Thomas, your vibrant uh, personality, and the fact that it was an honor for you and my son to go through 516 together pivotal in his life. Why? Because my son is turn up. My son is right, and I'm not. I'm daddy kind of downer. And so God has gifted you, Thomas, with a personality, with a passion, with just kind of a swag in who you are that I would want my son to emulate, and I want him to emulate. And so I'm just so thankful for the both of you, and my heart is is saddened uh, that you guys are leaving um, seeing the both of you go through 516 caused me to say, wow, I want to hire these two. And so we did. And so I'm thankful that you've worked at Bow Down. I'm thankful that you've worked at Urban Youth Impact and that you guys have just been a pivotal part of this church. And I think, Thomas, you've been with us since PBA like nine years, bro, Right. And so you are, when we were up in that little building, right, you are part of the foundation of this flock that God has built. And you've just done a phenomenal job with everything that you have done. And we just, we just honor the both of you. Um, I also had the opportunity to marry them. I don't know if one of those pictures is in, up there. I actually, because Thomas is funny, I, uh, First Presbyterian North Palm, they're great friends of ours, and I went into the room, and I took one of their robes, and I put it on me. Thomas didn't know. Anyway, so it was, I was trying to, I was trying to mess him up a little bit. Anyway, but he couldn't be thrown. Um, and so I'm in Proverbs 3 today because I just want to declare this over your, your life, declare it over your family for where God is leading you. Um, church, as we read Proverbs 3 together and go through it, it's for you as well, okay? It's for you as well. And so let's go to God's word now. Proverbs 3, verse 1, it says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Proverbs 3, verse 1. Verse 2, for the length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Those without peace in their life, the question would be, how much time are you spending in God's word? Verse 3, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. And I see that, Thomas and Aaron, in both of your lives as you've walked in a steadfast love and a faithfulness. Bind them around your neck, 
Write them on the tablet of your heart. One of the things that you both did in Project 516 was memorize Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, and Matthew chapter 7. Journaling through it and then having to listen to me go on and on about it. I was reminded of Matthew 5, 18 that says this, For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one iota, iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. And whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. You are both called great in the kingdom of heaven because you've never relaxed God's word. Continue to do that. Continue to do that. I love how you named the youth group that you were leading, City 514. And if you don't know, again, they've memorized it, 514 of Matthew chapter 514 is, we are called to be a city on a hill, a light that cannot be what? Hidden. That we're going to shine, we're going to shine and I'm just so proud of you. Remember what we say here at Bow Down, don't ever forget it. Everything needs to have a verse. Everything you do needs to have a verse. Verse four, so you will find favor and good success, highlight good success, if you will, in the sight of God and man, in the sight of God. That's the priority because what is lifted up with man Jesus says is an abomination to God. And so we have to be a people that have the audience of one. And I've seen you live like that, where you've wanted to have good success in the sight of God. And in doing that, man becomes secondary. I was reminded of this passage, good success, of Joshua 7 and 8. And I just want to pray this over you. It says, be strong. Thomas and Aaron, be very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn to the right or to the left so that you will have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may be careful, careful, careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Twice in Joshua 1, 7 and 8, the phrase good success is listed. Again, back to Proverbs 3, 4, it says you'll find favor in good success. God desires good success. Go forth with confidence because as you walk in his word, you will experience good success. It's walking in his word, though. His word is a lamp unto your feet, a light unto your path. And so you can expect as you walk in his word, you will have good success. Not as the world says it, but how God wants it. Verse 5, Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You can't figure everything out. In all your ways, acknowledge him. So this is speaking of abiding in Christ, abiding in the presence of Christ. And this is the summation of Christianity in all your ways acknowledge him. What does it mean to be a Christian? Here's what it means. You have trusted Christ to forgive your sins on the cross. That he died for your sins and you acknowledge, hey, I have sinned against a holy God and I am in need of a savior to forgive my sins. And so you put your faith in what Christ did on the cross, dying for your sins. He took your place. But not only did he just die, he was buried for three days and then he rose again. And so God is actually alive and Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. And when I put my faith in Christ and what he did on the cross and I say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. Jesus, I want to give my life to you. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes down inside of you. And according to Ephesians 1.13, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. So God's presence is inside of you. And you need to acknowledge him. 
This is what Christianity is. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Christianity is very simple. It's this. You and I understanding, how can I get out of the way? How can I just die to my own understanding? I don't want to lean on that anymore. How can I acknowledge him? And when I do that, I begin to move in the spirit because I understand I'm not qualified to lead. I'm no longer king of my life. Jesus is king, so I need to follow you. You are Lord, I'm not Lord. And so when Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross, and what? Follow me. That's all Christianity is. It's just coming to the end of yourself saying, you know what, Jesus? I'm done. You lead me. In all your ways. In all your ways? Yeah, in all your ways. Acknowledge him. And he will. You might want to highlight that. He will. Some of us think God might. Don't be like that. Why don't be like that? James chapter 1. A person that doubts is unstable in all his ways. He's like a person that's like a boat on the ship of the sea, tossing to and fro. And then God says in James 1, let a person like that understand they're not going to receive anything from the Lord because you're doubting God. He might make my path straight. No, 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 no. He will make your path straight according to his word. As you lean not on your understanding and acknowledge him. Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Holy Spirit, what are you doing? What do you want with this life that you've given me? Because it's not my life, it's yours. And I've seen you guys walk like that and do that. And listen, church, they are an example to the flock of God. I, wanna, I want you to also write down Isaiah 30, verse 25, right above, acknowledge him. It says, your ears will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or to the left, you're going to hear God directing you. He's going to do that. That's his promise. Sometimes when I don't know what to do, I put my finger on this verse, Isaiah 30, 21. God, you can't lie. I don't know if I should take a left or a right. What are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? I want you to understand this path that you're on as well. Matthew 7, 13, enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Again, you've memorized that passage. Don't ever forget that. As he leads you on straight paths, the path that you're on, it's not going to be an easy one. It's, it's going to be a hard one. But it leads to life. Because he is the abundant life. Proverbs 3, verse 7, it says, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It will be healing for your flesh and refreshment from your bones. May God keep you on a narrow path to be holy before him. Cutting off and cutting away every sin that entangles reminding you of Matthew 5.30, which you memorize. It says, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away, for it's better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go to hell. And so may the fear of the Lord be upon you and your family, and may you always turn away from evil. Verse 9, Proverbs chapter 3. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your, vat, and your vats will be bursting with wine. Uh, if you want to turn there, I want you to turn to Matthew 6, 31, because it's important for us as a church to really see what Jesus has said and what he has promised. Again, this is another passage that you've memorized. 
Matthew 6.31, therefore don't be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles, the, the word Gentile can also be translated pagan or people that do not know God, people that are apart from God. So therefore don't be anxious, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, but your heavenly fathers know what you need He knows that you need them all. So you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. As you guys honor the Lord and you follow him and you seek his kingdom first, Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 are going to come to pass. He is going to provide. As you guys leave and you go to where he's leading you, right, in Jacksonville, listen, he is going to provide. And I, in the name of Jesus, just command any fear, any worry, any concern that you are more valuable than a sparrow. And there's not a sparrow that falls to the ground without him knowing. And so I just pray that faith and hope would just arise and fear would go in Jesus' name as you're following him. Verse 11 of Proverbs 3. It says, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be wary. And by the way, discipline, many of us have a picture that kind of comes to our mind when we think of discipline. Here's a biblical definition of discipline. It's this, it's training in righteousness. Discipline doesn't mean punishment for people in the kingdom of God. Discipline means training in righteousness, training in righteousness. When I discipline my children, it's not to punish them. It's not to put them in time out or, or whatever when they were little. No, no, I'm trying to correct them because I'm training them in righteousness. So my son, do not despise, Proverbs 3.11, the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves or corrects him who he loves. As a father, the son in whom he delights. Proverbs 16, uh, Psalm 16.3, it says that as for the saints in the land, and that's you, Aaron, and that's you, Thomas. As for the saints in the land, you are his excellent ones in whom is all his delight. He delights in you, he delights in you, he delights in you, he delights in you. And because he delights in you, he's going to correct you and continue to discipline you. Don't despise that. It is good. It is good. I want you to remember how good your father is. Matthew 7, 9 through 11 It says, or which one of you, if his son asks for a bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give you good things? Give good things to those who ask him. Your father is good. Your father is good. Don't expect a snake. Don't expect a stone. Your father is good. And so, so I just entrust this to you guys. I pray this over you. But church, I pray this over you as well. Because the word of God applies to all of us here. And I pray that this passage would just minister to your hearts as you guys leave. And so, Father, take Proverbs chapter 3, 1 through 12, and just may it minister to Aaron, may it minister to Thomas as they walk with you, God, and they, and they step out in this next season, trusting God, trusting that, that as they, they don't lean on their own understanding, just acknowledge you, you're going to make their paths straight, God. So I just thank you for that. We thank you for just the honor of having them here with us. And we just celebrate them. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Thomas, I want you to come on up, please. I've asked Thomas to share a little bit of his heart. And um, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Give him. Oh, yeah. What's up, y'all? I'm so thankful you stopped the slide because it was reminding me when I was skinny. I ain't skinny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Got the dad bod. <sighs> but it's, yeah, it's not a dad bod, it's a father figure. Come on now. Come on. Um, oh, should I sit? Should I stand? I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand. All right, um, can y'all turn to Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, please? Exodus 33, verse 11. Let's pray real quick while you turn there. Father, thank you for this morning. I thank you for the years that you have had me here, God. And although I'm very sad to leave, God, I am, I am excited and thrilled to be following you until the next chapter of my life and my family's life. So I pray you to speak through me right now, and I pray that someone would just gain something uh, from this, and may they want to follow you and the plans you have for their life as well. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so I moved down here 2014 um, to go to PBA, Palm Beach Atlanta University. I was born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida, though. So Duval, that's where I'm from, so I was born and raised. Uh, so that's actually where we're going back to. And as we're going back, um, my fellas, what's one of the main things I need as a man? Starts with a J, rhymes with Bob. A job, a job, right? I need a job, right? So as I was looking at jobs, right, like I've been doing youth ministry here for going nine years now. And <clears throat> so I look for youth jobs, right? Teacher, um, youth worker, after school care, whatever, anything I do with youth. And the pay for, like, youth jobs is, like, half the pay of like any other job other than McDonald's. <laughs> like, like, it's horrible. I was like, bro, like, why does our culture not value the most important thing that's raising the next generation that's going to lead our country? Like, that should be the number one focus. Want to know why they don't, though? Because they're, they're less interested in good people pouring into them. They want music, media, TV, movies to do that for us because then they can control the ideology that goes through that. So with that, um, I just want to just talk about what the Lord had called me to do when I first got saved. When I first got saved in 2012, um, I was a junior in high school. Um, and I remember the Lord saved me. And when he saved me, um, he told me, Thomas, I'm going to use you to impact next generation. Um, and the person that comes to mind is Joshua. Right, so I just turned to Exodus 33, verse 11. <clears throat> I believe this is the greatest calling. The greatest calling according to the next generation. Verse 11, it says, Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Can you imagine this speaking to the Lord face to face? Like talking like we're talking right now. Like that's, that's, that's crazy. But here's the, here's the cool part. It says, when Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, everybody say young, a young man would not depart from the tent. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 31. So Moses was the great man of God, didn't feel like a great man of God when he was first called. He felt very low, but the Lord still called him. It's a great man of God. He would meet with God, speak to him face to face. There'd be a pillar of cloud over the tent of meeting, and everyone would know, okay, Moses is having his special moment with God. Raise your hand if you love God. All right, hands down. Raise your hand if you love spending time with God. All right, hands down. Now, how much would you love your love for God that you have now, or would you love to raise a generation that loves God not just as much as you, but even more than you do? Raise your hand if you would love to, to, to see that happen. Right? That's the greatest call. You see, Moses, he was done with his time with God. He was like, all right, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to go chill. But Joshua said, I'm not leaving this place. Joshua said, sleep can wait. Responsibilities can wait. 
Everything else can wait. I want to stay right here because here is where home is. And that's what I want. I don't know about y'all, but I want the next generation to love God way more than I do. Because if they love God way more than I do, then they will walk in his steps. They will walk in the path that he has for them, and they will do great things for the Lord. And they will rise up, and they will lead our country well. That's what I want, right? So that's the greatest calling I believe that we could ever do. So whatever, whatever you're doing in life, whatever you're doing, you, you, you don't have to be a youth pastor like I am. You could be doing whatever you're doing. Ask the Lord, who is someone, who is a young person that I could pour into? That's it. If you're doing sales, which is what I'm going to get into when I go to Jacksonville, doing sales, right? My desire is who's some young people I can meet that don't know how to manage their finances well, that, that, that spend the money they get, right? Who is someone that I can pour into and teach them how to use finances well for the glory of God, right? So, like, whatever field, whatever job you're in, you can raise somebody up under you, and you can pour into them and give them fruit and quality, that is beyond what you could even think or imagine. So now Deuteronomy chapter 31, right? So the greatest cause of pointing this generation so they love God more than us. But there's something else we got to do as well. So 31, and go to verse 7. Deuteronomy 31, verse 7. It says, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, it's funny that, that PC referenced this, this, um, this quote, right? It says, be strong and courageous. Everybody say be, everybody say, be strong and be courageous. So I work with youth, and I do a lot of, like, talk back. So if you feel like a kid, it's okay. It's okay. We're called to be childlike. <laughs> All right, it says, be strong and courageous. For you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. So Moses did more than just introduce Joshua to the presence of God. He also introduced Joshua to the purpose of God. Right? So we can punch the next generation. We can encourage them. He, like, love Jesus. Jesus loves you. He sees you. He cares about you. You don't have to be, like, dwelling depression. He's here for you. He wants to hold you. He wants you to find shelter in the shadow of his wings. Right? We can pour that into them and hope that they love Jesus more than we do. But we also got to give them purpose. We got to pass the baton. Right? Moses, his duty was to free the slaves and take them into the promised land but he didn't take them to the promised land, right? Because he allowed their fear and their worries, and right, he allowed that to hinder them, and then he had to walk around the wilderness 40 years, right? But then comes this young man who was, who was in love with God, but also kind of fearful. But he knows that although he's fearful, God will fight his battles. So Joshua comes up, and he takes the land. He charges Israel, Israel, let's go, let's go fight, let's go kill all these pagans, and let's go take over this land, and let's win it, right? He passes the baton, and Joshua goes, and he does that very thing. See, there's this word that starts with an L. It's legacy. When you leave this earth, what are you leaving behind? A true leader that the the standard of a leader isn't measured by how good you speak. It's about what leaders you have raised up. That's the measure of a leader. It's who have you charged and trained to be a leader as well. If you leave somewhere, is there someone that can lead in your place or some people that can lead in your place? So that's another thing I want to charge y'all with. First is pour into a young person so that they can love Jesus more than you could ever love Jesus. And it also passed something over to them that they can take and they can lead and find purpose in the kingdom of God. Now, this was when Moses was finna die. Okay, so Moses finna die is a super sad story, and Joshua's finna take over. But now imagine if after 
Joshua take, took over. He did that for nine years. And then Moses came back and was like, all right, Joshua, I'm going to take it from here. <laughs> like, like, I'd be like, bro, like, what? Like, that's crazy. But that's what happened with me. You see, when I first came to West Palm Beach, as a young PBA student, skinny, <laughs> missed those days, man. Um, I began to serve at, at Twin Lakes, which we called back then White House, because all of them was white. Um, and I started to serve under this man of God named Face, a.k.a. Stephen Hamilton. And I began to serve under him like you saw him in many of the pictures, right? This bald white guy. <laughs> but a.k.a. white chocolate on the basketball court, because that man can hoop. Right, so face, so I followed face. I trained on the face for years, man. And then at Twin Lakes White House, face ended up passing the baton to me. He said, Thomas, you lead Twin Lakes now. You lead White House. And I took that baton, and I led. And I trained the other volunteers. Um, and then since then, like, it's been passed on to other people. And then I was called to lead the youth group here. And face is a huge part of that. Me and him did a lot of outreaches together, Twin Lakes, we did uh, Sullivan Park, we did Coleman Park, KAA, we did so many things together. And from that flock, from that fruit, those students became a part of youth group. And I began to lead youth group with my wife, Erin Wilson, my angel. So I've been leading youth group for four years now in this very building. And now it's time to go. But guess who I'm passing the baton back to? My Moses face. So everything comes full circle. And this is the cool thing about life, is as you follow Jesus, and he is patient with you, and he's gentle with you, and he teaches you things, and he disciplines you, he reproves you. But it's like through all of that, like you look back and you're like, how, like how did I even get here? Like how did a knucklehead kid from Duval County Right, like how did he lead youth in such a way that now when he's leaving, he's passing the baton back to one of his great mentors? Like that is crazy, man. And I am honored, I'm thankful, I'm humbled um, that I get to pass the baton to him. Um, so thank y'all for listening. Again, two things. Who is the young person you can pour into so that they can love Jesus more than you will? And who can you pass the baton to so that they can achieve the purposes of God in our world? Thank y'all for listening. Amen. Hey, if I could get all the deacons, elders, and bow down staff to come on up, please. Um, Aaron, if you could come up as well. I just want to pray over them. And um, we can we can stay here. I mean, you you ain't. You're not as young as, yeah. (laughs) Antoine, come here, man. Why don't you pray over uh, Thomas and Aaron? The Lord of our life. Lord, we just thank you for, we thank you for receiving our ashes. Thank you for just the beauty that you have placed on Thomas and Aaron, the life that they have lived, their children, God, the beauty and the glory that shines when they just are in in the building with us, God. We're going to miss them, Lord. We thank you for the, the fellowship, the relationship, and we pray that that bond stays as strong as it is. Uh, Lord, we pray that uh, each and every friendship that has been developed between Aaron and Thomas, God, not just state remains a friendship, but God becomes something that Thomas just spoke of, pouring into each other. Yeah. Lord, we thank you for the manifestation of what has been poured into these two and what they're going to leave, a legacy just here, here in West Palm Beach. We thank you for the children that Thomas has touched, every heart, God. We pray for every seed that he has planted, that it get, that the root touches 
every other child next to them, and it grows like a forest, God. Mm. This community demands, Lord, uh, it is waiting mm. for, for, for the sprout that Thomas has, has, mm. has planted for it to just burst into a forest. God, we are praying for those kids, Lord, yes, yes. to be protected and to be uh, watered and nurtured under your protection, Lord. So we ask for those, those people that he has got up on stage and asked, mm. Lord, to find those kids, mm. to pour into them, be nurtured mm. by the God himself yes. that, that, that found them out and pulled them out of their yes. situation yes. through Thomas, Lord. Yes. And we bless them, God, on their way um, that, you, that, you, that they will never leave, uh, lose sight of you, God. Mm. The provision to not worry, um, the thought to not love without, without, without condition, um, j just, just pouring into their own kids, raising up a whole generation of pastors, uh, prophets, yeah. those that will, that, that will go out, Lord, and do the things that, that, needs, that are needed in the church yeah. to raise up more disciples, God. We just thank you for his mind and his heart, Lord. Thank you for laying him laying down his life alongside with his wife, God. The things that they have done and accomplished, God, that they will do greater things in Jacksonville. And we pray that they, that the stop is not just in Jacksonville. Lord, we we know we know for a fact, God, that this this trip is not it is not uh, a permanent thing. So, Lord, we 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 pray for the provision to be there. Um, and the provision to move on. Mm -hmm. We pray for the insight, the revelations, God, to be revealed to these people. Um, <coughs> we, we pray for the health of their children, the, 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 the guidance of their children, mm -hmm. and anyone who comes in contact with them, Lord, that they will feel the love of God. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, mm -hmm. amen. 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 Thank you, now, Father, I just, uh, as an elder of this church, God, we just rejoice as we have received them with gladness and honor that they have been part of this flock. They have been a gift. And we just celebrate and we receive that gift because you have declared all gifts come from you, Father. But also, God, we just release them. We release them. And we pray, God, where they go, where you have them, Lord. They would just do exceedingly abundantly yeah. more than we could even ask or imagine as they walk in the Holy Spirit that is within them. So we entrust them to you now. now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just I just ask, according to uh, Proverbs chapter three, where it says that um, if you turn away from evil. That healing will come. And so, God, I just, in the name of Jesus, these two have turned away from evil. And so I just pray for healing. Healing over their lives. Healing over their bodies. Healing, God, in the name of Jesus. Wholeness, wellness. And that the generations to come after them would walk in the healing of God, the wholeness of God. We just bless them now, God. May your divine presence be upon them. In Jesus' name, we honor them, God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Wait, it's hot up here, boy. It is. It is. Right here. Uh, thank you, Antoine. Thomas, I know you're called to be in ministry because we gave you seven minutes and you took 20. But anyway, <laughs> you learned that from face, not me. That's your mentor. So I want to have uh, Stephen uh, Hamilton and Sharon stand up, please. I don't know where you guys are. There's Sharon and there's Stephen. So, and you may be seated. <laughs> um, 
This is a passing of the baton, if you're, if you're kind of getting clued into that. Um, are you playing Stephen's photos now? Okay, yeah. Um, first of all, um, Stephen and Sharon have just been, it's been amazing for, man, it's got to be about 18 years that I've known you guys. Um, and so um, Sharon actually lived with, you know, I used to say Sharon lived with me, but somebody corrected that. Um, Sharon lived with my wife and I, okay, <laughs> while she was single. Um, and so it was just an honor to have her in our home, to be around our two small children, um, and to see how much of a servant and how selfless and just a pure heart that she walks with. Um, I also had the privilege and honor of marrying the both of them. Um, I've witnessed them be godly examples to the flock of God where there was a family that was in distress because of some situations and they took in two children that were not their own as their own that lived with them for a number of years. Sharon is one of the best employees I've ever worked with. I trust her in her heart completely. Um, when I hand something off to her, I never have to follow up. I never have to worry about it getting done because I know it's going to get done better than I would do it. And it's going to be done on time and done right. And that speaks to who you are, Sharon. And again, I'll say this, my heart completely trusts you because I've seen you in your manner of life over the years. Stephen Hamilton, Pastor Stephen. You were fresh out of Liberty University, one of Jerry's kids. There was a fire. There was a passion. I'll never forget the day I'm kind of outside of my house, and I, I see Stephen just go somewhere by himself. I'm like, hey, man, where are you going? I'm going on a prayer walk. And so he's just prayer walking by himself. And listen, that speaks. Listen, you younger generation, you call sheep, but you got to push goats. You call sheep and they come, you push goats. I've never had to push him. I've always had to hold him back. There was a fire. There was a passion. I remember a time at Outreach. This was at Coleman Park. And there was a guy that was fresh out of jail that was an uncle of one of the kids there. He was mad at one of the kids. He was going to beat one of the kids up. And Stephen Hamilton was there, and he got between the uncle and the little kid, and the uncle was way bigger than him. And he said, if you're going to get this guy, you got to go through me first. By the way, that wasn't in his job description. Another time, there was a drive-by shooting on 18th Street and Tamarind Avenue. And Face and Sharon for eight years lived on Tamron Avenue and 18th Street. That's one of the toughest streets on Tamron. And they lived there. Gunshots rang out. Brrr. Stephen runs out of the house and runs up to the street corner. This is very important, church. This is the kind of person that he is. Most people, when bullets fly, they run. Stephen is a person, there is a soldier in the Civil War that says, I ride to the sounds of the gun. You show me where the thickest part is, that's where I'm going. And that's who this man is. And as everybody was fleeing, he ran up and he held a guy and got completely bloody while everybody was running away. And he was talking to this guy about Jesus. He was praying for him and held him till the ambulances came because that's who he is. What if that guy had HIV? What if that guy, see, that didn't deter him because that's who he is. I've known three guys personally that have fasted 40 days. 
Stephen's one of them. And I'm talking water fast. I had the honor of being at his ordination in North Carolina as well. And so I've seen Stephen with this zeal, with this passion. In fact, one time he preached here, and he just started jumping over seats. I don't know if you're going to do that today, Stephen, where you're just like jumping over seats and high-fiving and hugging people, but that's who he is. But I've also seen him mature to the place where he received his Master's of Divinity and has become a student, has become measured, has become disciplined, contemplative. And so I was thinking about this. Romans 10.2 says, They have zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Understand this. There's a zeal that Stephen has on a fire that he has, but, but, but he also walks with knowledge. Because zeal without knowledge destroys. And I've seen you grow in 20 years, Pastor Stephen, to zeal and knowledge with a beautiful mixture Let me just say this, church, so you know how I view him. If I die tomorrow, I would ask our church to hire him as the pastor to take over. Don't take me out, Lord. (laughs) It's at your will. That's my heart for him because I've seen his manner of life. I've seen how he moves. And so, Stephen, come on up, buddy. He'll be taken over as as youth pastor, and so um, he wants to just share a little bit of his heart. Um, thank you, Pastor Chris. Um, hey, guys. Um, uh, honestly, uh, right now, I, I wasn't expecting uh, to be going through the emotions I'm going through right now, Thomas. Um, I woke up this morning, and God was uh, putting Scripture on my heart, and He, he was showing me. He was showing me some things. And so right now I just feel like ripping inside. I feel so weak because I feel like my younger brother is heading out and I may never see you again. And so the Lord's coming back soon, church. God's coming back soon to, to take us home. And so this is 10 years in the making. I never had a younger brother but you would be the closest one. Um, I view Chris as the Moses. <laughs> You're the Joshua. And you guys, I got Caleb's spirit. I'm like, <laughs> just give me some giants in a hill country, and I want to go to war. Come on. Um, <laughs> oh, and by the way, Thomas, who cares? If you're in a pastor position or business position selling, it doesn't matter. Jacksonville is yours. Go raise up disciples and bring the kingdom of God to Jacksonville and make men of God who will win that city for the cause of Christ. Okay? This is your calling. So you're being sent out. We got to say goodbye to you. And I got to find a new Thomas to take over the youth group, hopefully. We got to raise up a new disciple. But... You guys, I just, I just want to tell you about Thomas just really quickly, and, and I won't get to the slideshow. Thomas went way old, <laughs> way old. Um, so I have so many memories, but um, one of those is um, actually the first time I even saw Thomas, like 10 years ago, I walk in the church, I'm in the back of the church, and there's a guy up in the front of this this church and he's got his face painted white and he's all dressed up and he's doing a mime routine (laughs) to worship music so I didn't know what was going on I did not know who Thomas was but uh there there it was a very interesting Sunday but I'm like okay (laughs) um one of the things about Thomas is out of uh 
uh, all the, the young men who have come to uh, the church and Urban Youth Impact, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I can't think of any more, anyone that has jumped in more than you have, Thomas, and being totally sold out to a lot of the things that we're doing and just uh, being on board with being discipled, mentored, and getting so involved and, and serving for so many years. Um, I remember many uh, meetings in my house, front porch, offices, mentoring meetings, discipleship meetings. Um, we, we've gone a lot of places. We've done a lot of things. Um, to, one of the most beautiful things about Thomas is um, Thomas felt called by God to uh, start meeting with my son, Addie. And, and start a mentoring relationship with him. And this was probably three, I don't know, it, it was a while ago. It was when tensions were so high with race conversations and so many things happened in the country. And Thomas went out of his way to start picking up Addie weekly and taking um, Addie out, mentoring him. And it was just so, so awesome to watch Addie following you to your car. And as I would look out the window, and I knew that my son was going to develop the right view, a positive view that will help my lineage build a legacy of honoring others and loving others and bringing the kingdom. And so like mentoring my son was one of those things, Thomas. You, you actually uh, poured into my lineage. So if the Lord leaves us around for a while, my generation's to come will be blessed because of what you have done. You have personally got involved in my family lineage and worked to, to move in a way that would be eternal work for the kingdom of God. So thank you for that, Thomas. Another thing is um, one time Thomas and I um, met with these two boys at Subway on Congress, uh, Malik and Malik, both named Malik. Um, Uh, word on the street was uh, someone was out to get them. And so we went, we went to that subway and we preached the gospel and we did everything we could to provide an alternative for those young men. Um, one of those young men was shot in the head one week later. Uh, but Thomas was there to make a difference in his life or try to make a difference in his life. And he heard the gospel from Thomas. Um, that's... that's the type of man Thomas is. Um, and Thomas, I love you with all my heart. And, and I just want to read this for you now. It's in uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. It says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. The gospel has brought us together. Amen. The gospel at the, is at the forefront yeah. of our relationship. When you were in your uh, rookie year in 516, and we were doing Sistema with Coach Rick back there, and we were out at Coleman Park in the hot sun, and Coach Rick was teaching you how to breathe as he was beating you up. <laughs> he was getting you ready for you to go to Jacksonville to preach the gospel. says uh, in chapter 2 of the same book, Therefore, my beloved, in verse 12, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence. There is an absence that's about to happen where for the past 10 years, the community that God has put you and Aaron in, um, you guys are going to be Jackson going to be Jack, to Jacksonville. You can call us. You will be able to visit. But this community will be praying for you. And one of my prayers is that you will find the community that you're supposed to have there, and that you would begin building that community up, rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then you named the youth group, or you felt called to name the youth group, City Five Fourteen. Out of, 
out of Matthew and the city on the hill verse. And in verse 15 it's, or 14, it says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. I just want you to know that you and Aaron are loved, will be prayed for, and the light that you have shone brightly here for 10 years, that's going to Jacksonville. And you, you guys, I pray that God would give you the nations there, give you the city there, that God would do amazing things in, your, in, in whatever he has for you there. Um, but I'm extremely proud of you. I love you so much. Um, you have been faithful. You have served. The, the love that you have for the kids in the youth group is evident. One of those young men is sitting right beside you. And those, those kids know that you love them, and they know that you follow God, and you have been a light in their life. And so, so Thomas, I'm going to miss you. I miss you so much. Um, moving on, church, now I need to address you guys. So I, I am going to be stepping in as the youth pastor position, um, and I had some things I wanted to share with you guys, but I really am out of time, so I'm going to hand the mic off. But if do, do you have the slides? Uh, can you go to the very last slide for me? It's like circles. It's four circles. You guys in the youth group, um, for now... We're going to be focused on, on building some core things into the youth group, and they're all going to be centered around those four things. And the first one's going to start with uh, uh, building um, a strong founda- foundation of what lordship salvation is for the kids in the youth group. So everything we do in the youth group is going to feed into one of those. Um, and every teaching, every every project, everything Every time, every Bible study, every time we come together, it's going to feed into one of those four things. And it starts with the Lordship salvation. The second one is biblical discipleship. The Bible is going to be core and pivotal to everything we do. It's going to be the foundation. It's going to be what tethers us to, to our beliefs in the youth group. And so biblical discipleship is important uh, in regards to that. Then we're going to be talking or we're going to be focused on reliable mentorship and then king, building kingdom community, a kingdom community in the youth group. So that's where we're going to be going right now, guys. The, those are the places we're going to be focused on. Um, uh, working with kids can be, can be very complex because there's so many issues in the world today, and there's so many scriptural commands that God gives us that he expects for us to walk out with the youth. And so we, we are going to be working into those four pillars there. Um, and, and we're going to be very, very ingr- grand, like taking all those things and, and really going deep with scripture and answering questions as we move forward. Um, but for now, one of the things you guys can do is be praying for us in the transition, uh, be, be praying for the youth group. Um, all of you guys have gotten an email. Uh, it was sent out at 945. If you're on the bow down email list, you got an email. Um, on this email, um, it's, this is an email for parents or people who may want to start serving in the youth group. You're going you're gonna to click that link. It's a Google form, and you're going to fill it out. So parent, you're going to be telling us uh, if you want your kids in the youth group, their names, their ages, address, phone numbers, and then it's going to be a little bit more specific as to um, some of the things you hope to see in the youth group, how many nights you want to meet, how, how many times you want to meet, what you're looking for, your personal vision that you have for the discipleship of your child, um, and any special needs that we need to know of as we're working with your kids so that we can come along the vision that you have um, and really start planning for the fall. So, so if you're a parent, please fill out that uh, Google form in that email so we can move forward in planning and communicating. I want to be able to communicate with you and find out the best way to communicate with all all of you guys, um, as we're moving forward. But this is where we're going. We are going to build up more Thomases and more Aaron's. 
All right? That's our goal. So thank you guys for listening, and God bless you guys. Um, Face and uh, Sharon, if you could just come on up. Um, Rick Merrill, I want you to come up as well. Staff, elders, deacons, we're going to receive them. We're going to pray for them. And I know we're over time, but it's nothing new. Um, Sit, Jeremy, my thing's on red. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Never mind. I'll just use this, Jeremy. Check, 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 check. So, um, some of you may be like, these guys just talked about Thomas and Face the whole time. What, what was that? Here's what it is. This is the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. And the type of love and affection and community that you see here happens when people are, are surrounded by the word of God and surrounded in a community that's committing to love one another. And I just want to encourage you guys with that. What's also was reminded of me is that I've asked two people to mentor my son. And my son and my daughter are kind of the most important things to me. And Thomas mentored Christopher. And Stephen Hamilton mentored my son Christopher. And that's how high of esteem that I, I hold these guys. And it is an honor, church, to be to, to have people like this with us in this flock. And so, Rick, I don't know where you went. Okay, I'm going to have you pray for Stephen and Sharon and just welcoming them into the body. Father, what a privilege. Mm. Father, I thank you for both of them. Stephen and I have spent a lot of time together. We've shared a lot of things, Father, and uh, my heart knows his heart. Our hearts beat on the same wavelength. So, Father, I'd ask that not only would you protect him, but, Lord, you would bless him. Father, may he be attuned even more than he is right now to that still small voice, that in knowing your voice, he will move with your purpose and accomplish everything you want to accomplish in these kids' lives. Well, that's a huge responsibility, but what a privilege, because we will, he will open up their eyes into a reality that will last for eternity. So, Father, I just ask that he would know your arms of love around him. Father, when there are times of stress or discouragement, that he would look to you and know that you're able. Because you've proven it in their lives already. And you will delight to show up again on his behalf. So, Father, I look forward with great anticipation on what you're going to do. And I thank you for that in advance. I ask that in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Welcome, you guys. Welcome back. Uh, And Thomas' face did leave to go help his dad's church in North Carolina, but he came back. And so you never know. God can make U-turns. You're always welcome here, buddy, and I'll make a job for you and Aaron tomorrow. So anyway, but we don't want to get into your plans. Hey, church, let's uh, get in the way of God's plans. Church, go ahead and let's go ahead and stand and uh, let's begin to uh, worship the Lord. Uh, I'm not going to lead, so worship team, that was your cue. (laughs) Sorry we went over today, but today was was a special day. And so, Father, help us now. And I pray for this congregation. This is your church, God. You said you would build it. You said you would build it. And so we are your body, Jesus. You are the head of this church. And I pray, God, that that what we have seen with the depths of relationship, the discipleship growth, 
that I've witnessed with these two couples here, the Wilsons and the Hamiltons, that God, you are not a respecter of persons, but we pray in the name of Jesus that every family that belongs here would experience the kind of love and depth of intimacy with you, Jesus, and the kind of community that we're supposed to walk in. And we just declare John 17 over this church body, which is your prayer, Jesus, that we, we would become one like you and the Father are one. The unity that is found in the Trinity, the community that is found in the Trinity, let it be in this place, God, as we love not just with words, but also with deeds and actions. So help us now to sing to you, to glorify you, to honor your name, Jesus. Because without you, Jesus, none of these stories would have happened. But these stories happen because of you, Jesus. And so help us as your people to hurry up and get it out of the way so that you can have your way. Help us sing to you now with all of our heart, all of our soul, mind, and strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.